It's Wednesday, December 30th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 387 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 41 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. My name's Ken Chad. And this is Wayne. That was a little homage to the uh, last episode right there. Yeah. I heard that you had to beep a lot. Yes, true story. (laughs) I honestly, in retrospect, wish that instead of bleeping out his profanities, I mean, I would have still bleeped them out, but I wish I had taken them and dumped them into a separate audio file and then put them to like dance music (laughs) because it was really uncanny how much Pat cussed in Mm -hmm. one episode and despite the fact that we actually, I mean, it was a small topic roundup. But it wasn't planned to be a bonus no, episode. and I don't even really think it was a bonus episode. It was a small topic roundup of RPG-related stuff. Yes, it lacked a single central theme, but it was all RPG-related stuff. The theme was beep. But yeah, Pat <laughs> cussed so much that the episode just kind of went Pat-word. It was so much fun to record, though. Because normally when you're here recording, Pat will sit there, he'll nod, he'll make hand gestures, he'll agree, but he was so active yeah, and and energetic. It was like the episode we did where he was talking about the nuclear football. You just get these moments where Pat loses his mind, and (laughs) that episode was, it's glorious when it happens, it's rare and it's spectacular. Pat is not Old Faithful. At least not <laughs> we, we haven't found his activation code yet. We haven't found the ability. You know, it's like, okay, this topic and two margaritas and we record by this time. Yeah, we've got Pat Gold. Maybe if we understood his backstory more. Maybe. Well, and you know what? It's not for lack of trying to. <laughs> we've tried to do drunk Pat and he's gone crazy. And then drunk Pat has also sat there. Yeah. Yeah. We, we haven't. Whatever it is, we've not figured Pat, it out yeah. yet. So, all right, two things, one announcement, then one just kind of random story that sort of ties into what we're going to talk about today. The one announcement is that Battletech contest is still going on. Go out there and get your votes in for who's going to win those Battletech dice. We'll let that run for just another like week or two or three, if for no other reason the simple fact that I don't feel like trying to do prize distribution while we're right in the middle of Christmas and New Year's and all the... Dawn pro- took my Battletech dice from me. Did she? She did, I... They're not mine anymore. They're hers. <laughs> Sarah tried to take one of mine, and I took it back. She took all of mine. All five of them? Yes. Well, she is. she's a dice collector. She is, and she's a Battletech fan, yeah. too. Yeah, and she's a, she's a hoarder with, yeah. with role-playing stuff. Yes. I'm, despite how this room looks, really not a hoarder. I'm just way too lazy. To, <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to care about the recording studio. It is a freaking mess. But basically, a high-insurance premium... Or low insurance premium and a brush fire will do you wonders. Yes. <laughs> uh, honestly, they would, especially because I have in my policy uh, not the item value, but the replacement cost. Right. I would actually stand to make a lot of money if the recording <laughs> studio burned down. Just so happy. Now, I realize I'm creating court evidence right now by saying this fact. But so, you know, sp- if it tried to right now, it'd just go underwater anyway. Well, yeah. yeah and that yeah, was going to yeah, be no my, my little minor thing here that kind of turns into the topic, sort of. So for anyone who's been watching the news, you've probably heard that right now St. Louis or the St. Louis general area, Missouri in general, is having a lot of problems with flooding. Well, a stretch of Interstate 70, which is an interstate that goes out west, I think, at least to Denver. I think it continues past that. And then... Honestly, I'm not sure what the eastern terminus of it is. I used to think it was St. Louis, but it does go a little bit past St. Louis. But 
Interstate 70, which runs right just about two miles north of me, was completely closed because it was completely underwater. And it was underwater not because of a major river, but because something called Dardine Creek, which is about the size of the Rio Grande. And instantly, that's a statement about the Rio Grande, not the creek. If you've ever seen the Rio Grande, especially like through New Mexico, it, it looks like a drainage ditch. I mean, you had to be walking through the desert to look at this thing and call it the Great River. I'm just putting that out there. But Darting Creek is in my backyard. And when I say in my backyard, I don't mean it's near me. I mean, it is literally in my backyard. I own a portion of Darting <laughs> Creek. It sits within my property lines. But fortunately, I'm on the high bank. It has a high bank and a low bank. And fortunately, I sit on the high bank. So the other side is completely flooded out. And the interstate got completely flooded mm. out. That's now receded. But our side... Knock on wood, knock on gopher wood specifically. I'll leave that up to you guys whether you get the joke or not. Never got affected. And so I'm happy for that. So two nights ago, I go out with Sarah and uh, we're trying to figure out what we want for dinner. And so I pick something. I go through all the roads I normally go to, go down the street and roads closed, flooded. It's like, okay, I know another way to go. We go around, roads flooded. One more try, go another way, roads flooded. Okay, I have a backup place. Let's go here to eat. We start going that way. Roads flooded. We ended up doing probably three loops just because all of these roads that I've never seen flooded before. Manchester, not one of the major highways, but one of the big roads mm -hmm. through St. Louis was flooded in areas. And I've never seen that happen before. So it was just like a lot of driving in circles. And by the time it was all done, I think we'd driven for it was well over an hour worth of just trying to get somewhere. Yeah, well, it's getting really, really bad in some places. I don't know if you got this one earlier today. But Alton is a small city in the St. Louis metro area that sits straddled across Illinois and Missouri. And so there's Alton, which is in Illinois, and then West Alton, which is in Missouri. And the levee there, the levee actually got exceeded. It got mm. topped. It didn't break. Yeah. It, was, it was topped. And so they had like a one-hour evacuation. They had one hour from the point they knew it was topping to get that entire mm. town completely evacuated. So it's kind of crazy yeah. around here right now. But for whatever this is worth, and it, as selfish as this is going to sound, we're all fine. <laughs> I have lived in seven different homes in my life, and every single one of them has been on a hill. And that's one of the things, is if you live in an area long enough, you should get pretty smart about how living in that area works. Mm -hmm. You know you shouldn't live in certain parts of town. You know you should do this, shouldn't do that, get certain kinds of insurance, whatever. One of the rules for living <laughs> in the St. Louis metro area, I mean, this is a city that has, it's one of its nicknames, the city of Three Rivers, because of the fact that it is the confluence of actually four major rivers, but it's, I, and I was always wrong about what the third one was. It's actually, it's the Mississippi the Missouri, and the Illinois. Mm -hmm. I always thought the third one was the Merrimack. No. Uh, but it, it is all these rivers, large rivers, flow into this area. And so one of the rules of living here is you always know the elevation yeah. of your house. And if your house Never is... Never live in a river valley. Yeah, don't live in a river valley. Don't live in low ground because this area floods but way too... But the land's too, so cheap. Yeah. For well, a reason. Yeah. And even if your area's fine... That doesn't mean the water's not going to still back up and all of your drainage on your street can be over. You know, yeah, overflow. that that actually happened to the people across the street from us. I didn't catch the details, but it wasn't the creek because they're actually on higher ground than we are by just a little bit. 
but it was something else, something else related to the sewage or something burst in the middle of all those rainstorms. So I wonder why we never do natural disasters in our games. Because they're a pain in the butt. <laughs> you know, I, that is... Do zombies count? That, that's interesting. Zombies would count, but... Okay, Plague is another one. Assuming there's not an evil wizard behind it. Assuming it's not an act of sabotage or war. Yeah, if there's a flood plague. or a plague, typically somebody's behind yeah, it again. A tornado that did not come from an angry druid. It just came from yeah. a... Because think of it this what way. What is it, a bow echo or a hook echo yeah. or whatever well, it's called? And they call these things acts of God. But if you go into like a D&D game, actually, which one? There's like 50. Actually, I did run a game. My Seasons game, there was the plot going on, there was all this inter-party fighting, there was all of this uh, politics and the kingdom and all that, but it was all set to the backdrop of a volcano did a massive explosion miles and miles away, and then basically fallout... So it was like a Krakatoa thing. Yeah, it was like a Krakatoa thing, and it was like in the summer, you could not see the sun, and it was snowing ash, and yeah. the ash was, like, up to people's waists, and it wasn't a wizard. I mean, the volcano erupted, and there's nothing you could do about it, and you have to deal. And yeah. The yeah. only other time I can think of it in all the games I've played in was that very <laughs> first Eyes of Glass game. Yeah. As we were getting ready to cross the bridge, a snowstorm came through. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the plot. That wasn't what was going on. This was just a complication because we yeah. live in Missouri. And in the game, we were in Missouri. So suddenly, here's this huge snowstorm, and we have to find a, you know, somewhere to, yeah. for our characters to spend the night you know, just they, to avoid it. Although, Chad, I think I may know where things went wrong with that volcano. Back when Garfield was still funny, <laughs> there was a run within the comic strip where they went on vacation. And that later got collated and turned into this animated special called Garfield in Paradise or some crap like that. But it was really funny when they ran it, you know, just on a strip by strip basis in the paper. And they're like in some, I don't know, Polynesia, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know where it was supposed to be. Some generic South Pacific paradise type sure. place. And there was a volcano that was going to erupt the head of the tribe. The chief order was like, you know, we need to get the princess up there and throw her in there and John's like, why? Does that appease the gods? He's like, no, it just plugs up the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So anyways, all right. But here's how this kind of ties in what we want to talk about today. I think natural disasters actually may be an interesting topic to come back to at some point in the future. But what natural disasters represent, once again, assuming there's no wizard or angry druid or aliens or something behind the act, is they represent the mundane. And when I say the mundane... I mean it in the common sense here. I'm not shadow run people. Put your books away. I'm not talking about <laughs> non. Well, I guess I am talking about non-magical. But I mean mundane in the sense of this is just part of the banality of life. That things just happen. And when we were... Magnitude 7 earthquake. The banality of life. Yes. <laughs> Continue. See, yes. That's what I, was, I would say natural disasters are the opposite of that. They interrupt the normal flow the of life. banality of life. Uh, yeah. I guess so. I'm but, an IT guy. Severity 4, whatever they're called, tornado rips through my place of work, and I'm the only survivor. And now I have to do what? Continue being an IT guy? 
<laughs> if your if your place of employment is gone, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot of recovering from that no. one. I think you throw deuces and go home. Yeah, especially and, since I work right by the Bridgeton landfill. So if a oh, so yeah, so yeah. you're going to get all the radioactive fire. Yeah, it's it's not just going to be a tornado. If it's no, a, it's going to be like Hulk NATO. Yeah, it's going to be well. Awful. Fortunately, you're west of there, yeah. and the prevailing winds blow west to east. But if we get something where the the winds shift, because it has happened, and they actually start going east to west, yeah, you will get a burning radioactive tornado <laughs> coming at you. Yes. But no, what we want to talk about is when we create characters for games, particularly modern games, though I wouldn't say exclusively so, but the setup of the game is not that we're murder hobos. We're not the generic adventurers, okay? That's not what we do. We usually write into our backstory a bunch of mundane, but what to these characters would be important life details. Right. For example, kids, family, kids, day job. Where do I work? The types of things that if you're to think about your everyday life, take up an enormous amount of your time. I mean, if you think about what most of us did for Christmas, I hope everyone that's listening to this was able to spend it with family or friends or something to those of you who didn't, my heart goes out to you. But (laughs) the point is we came through the holidays. That's what we did. Most of us listening to this show work a day job or are going to school or, you know, whatever. We we see our friends, we see our family, these things occur. We, we did not just erupt from the earth. And not just did we not erupt from the earth, but these are the things that take up the majority of our time. But in role-playing games, it seems like once the background is written, they never even get mentioned again. Right. So I was playing a game once, and uh, one of the characters has a pet dog. And after we play through probably three or four sessions, he's like, I think my dog hates me. Because we've been out doing all this and I haven't, my character hasn't gone home to let it out to use the bathroom. And we're all just kind of like, you know, I never thought about that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and why do you think that is? Why? Because I've come up with a few theories. Why is it that the mundane aspects of life get no love? And I want to hear what you guys have to say because I have some theories of my own. Do you want to roll to have your oil changed? That was going to be part one is, is it too boring? The mundane aspects of life keep us from doing what we really want to do during the day. What the fun things Fight of life crime? is. <laughs> if well, I had superpowers, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, look, hold on. Well, you're, you're edging toward a second one. I would not fight crime if I had superpowers. I would. I am Well, it depends the on the power. <laughs> if I had a really lame power... If you could shoot lasers from your eyes, what if that, that does became... not grant you vigilante rights in America. <laughs> I mean, it all depends on the power and what I would yeah. actually do with it. I mean, if you... If I had, a... like, Superman's powers, I would save people. I would fight crime. If I had the power to see really well <laughs> i'm not getting in front of a gun no <laughs> maybe behind the gun because you know, i can see really well i really like savage dragon because uh-huh. savage dragon was a guy who has superpowers i mean he looks a little goofy he's got the mohawk thing but i mean he's really strong and whatever blah 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 and he wanted to stop crime he became a cop he went to the police academy he got a job Stopping crime every day. Yeah, you know, this kind of reminds me of somebody that listened to the show, and I apologize. I would have looked this up and credited you, except this literally just now occurred to me because of where the topic went. But somebody recommended to me Wildcats 3.0, which was, I don't know, it, it ended in kind of a weird place. I don't know if that was intentional. That's a comic book. Yeah, it's a comic book. I, I don't know if it was intended in there or that was just where they ran out of money or I don't know what happened. But 
the setup is, you know, through Wildcats 1 and 2, you have these people that are aliens or in possession of super technology, and they're using it to fight monsters and do crime fighting and fight Nazis and all the generic things you do in comic books. But in this one, one of the guys who was one of the main superheroes decides, you know, I could actually better affect the world if I just started running a company mm-hmm. and just upping humanity's tech level and being responsible with my employment practices <laughs> and the way okay. I really, and basically you're not being a yeah. dick CEO. Mm-hmm. And so he just starts a corporation. Yeah. And Vince Velcro and then yes, it made in America. That, that's basically gives people and gives people jobs doing and, it. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> even though it doesn't require employees to make, you know, he has people standing around the alien machine that stamps it out just so they're employed. And, right. I mean, I'm oversimplifying sure. here, but that was the gist of it. But that was possibility. Number one is that what those things describe yeah. is so boring that we don't want to talk about the fact that, to go fight crime today, you first need to come up with an excuse and call into work. <laughs> we don't want to talk about the fact that you go visit your mother and father and your mother guilts you about the fact that you never well, call. Here's the thing about that. You make a character. We're fighting crime today. So for the record, I totally do the mother thing. You did. We, I we do have that. The mother thing. I do that a lot as a GM. So I make people talk to their mothers on the phone. I've but, done that too. If you notice, all my characters except Pat, in my current game, have dead parents. Thanks, <laughs> Wayne. I now know where this comes from. But let's talk about we're superheroes. We want to fight crime as vigilantes who are also criminals. But we have day jobs. So we have a secret identity, and we've got a pay for the apartment, pay for the food, and get beer money for when we celebrate that we just killed a whole bunch of gangbangers without a trial. Who turned out to be a trash collection crew that just <laughs> likes to wear matching shirts. I know! It was cold! <laughs> they had ski masks on! How were we supposed to know? That's why when I play superheroes, my heroes don't kill. That's right. They just commit crime. It's yeah, just it's, assault. Yeah. <laughs> it's just assault. <laughs> so, anyway you got to call into work and that's a really interesting role-playing situation that, that that's a cool scene you know you've called into work a time the story goes you're calling into work all the time so the gm put, says okay uh, let's role play this out and you know you do your pinky finger and thumb up and the phone symbol and like okay hey boss i gotta call in it's like again and then you role play that out with the boss and it's either really funny or really interesting or, Oh my God, I lost my job. What are we going to do? Well, we got to fight crime. Okay. Let's go punch people. It's one of the it, things I've always liked about comic books. When you look at some of the heroes, most of them can't have nine to five jobs. Yeah. They have to have jobs that require them to be away from an office frequently. That scene is either funny or interesting once, maybe twice, depending on how long you're playing the game. But realistically speaking you know you're punching bad guys a lot yeah so you got to call in a lot lot. and (laughs) let's say you have five players at your table do you really want to sit there and go through okay chad you call your boss now dan you call yours pat you call yours right because you have to do it with each individual one that was one that was one of my other possibilities so possibility one is it's boring possibility number two is it's because it's done alone if you have to go to work and punch the clock, unless you assume the entire party works together, which is possible, yeah. but ultimately there's going to be some portion of your life, some friends, some family, the church you attend, the 4-H club, your, I don't know, whatever the hell your game is, that doesn't oh involve God. everybody else. My character in this superhero game, yeah. get this, 
He is a vigilante who fights crime. He doesn't kill. He only commits assault like Wayne does. Right. <laughs> you know what his day job is? Gangbanger. <laughs> so he's a criminal by day. Yes. It's, it's like an undercover cop. Night. It's like yeah. an undercover cop. Nobody would suspect. Yeah. No, he got pulled into the gang life, and the gang members don't know that he has superpowers. He doesn't use his superpowers. I mean, he's selling it's drugs. Just he's doing every morning stuff. The gang hideout. Everybody's dead but him. Yeah. <laughs> how would it like, happen? You know, that's how he gets fired from his job. His gang gets beat up by, <laughs> by him. By him. Every night. Eventually they cross a line and have to be taken All out. the comments about it reminds me. So I used to really love a uh, webcomic. Oh my God, called, I totally play that. I used to really love a webcomic called PvP because yeah. I was playing City of Heroes at the time. And they did a whole City of Heroes arc. I was in his guild when he was writing those nice. comics. And I'm no dead serious. One of the ones I really liked, they did that aspect mm-hmm. where I arrested them. You threw a fireball at them. <laughs> yes, he's under arrest. He's on fire. Icy bone. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so it's done alone. Possibility three. It discusses the parts of life that we really don't care to think about. Yeah. I want to think about killing dragons. I want to think about punching criminals for minor offenses, you know, parking tickets or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I really... Dark matter explosion. You're jaywalking. I, I really don't want to think about drama with my family. I really don't want to think about being back at work punching the clock. And so even if we accept that's part of my character... Or drama at work and punching your family. Yeah. The only reason that I've ever seen in a game where going to the bathroom has become an issue is because it's funny at that given time. Yeah. It's usually somebody ate something or rolled poorly, <laughs> and now at some point during the game, that is going to come back. Oh, my gosh. I've seen it in multiple games. Mm-hmm. but I just realized I am totally going to play it. i got to work this out. Is this, is this your crime fighter? Yes. Tell me about him. I want to know. His name's going to be Time Clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. And And... <laughs> He's a support hero because uh-huh. every time somebody punches him, yeah. they become more powerful and like good things happen in their life. Like they get more money and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so he has to be really careful about who he lets punch him. Right. Because right. he's like a battery for the rest of the team. So like if but bad guys can punch. Right. Him. So like, yeah. but if you're getting ready to go for like dark side, yeah. basically the whole party has to whoop his ass for like an hour and a half, yeah. but not actually kill him. But then a YouTube video leaks out and goes viral of there's drama in the superhero vigilante team. They're beating up and they're all gathered around yeah. time clock just yeah. whooping his ass <laughs> and nobody knows why. And the truth is what they're yeah. doing but is in the- time clock and they can never tell why because then the bad guys will target time clock to and punch him. And they'll punch him to get and then suddenly yeah. of dark side and his omega beam becomes I don't know omega Plus ruby beam, I don't. You know, and the thing when you first the collector's punch, edition omega beam, I don't know what it becomes. I just know it costs forty bucks more. <laughs> the first time you punch time clock, you feel really bad because you're punching him, and it feels like this day is just going to last forever. Yeah. The second time you punch him, you're good. You're yeah. done. Yeah, you got your yeah. Power. And maybe that's something like every other punch. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like at first, every other punch makes you more powerful. Oh, but oh, then you punch this, it enough, and eventually this. you start to hate your life. The big bad guy is there, and he's kicked our our team's ass and then i go over to the time clock who's unconscious and i look at the big bad and i say i'm doing some overtime bam 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 <laughs> yes 
See? Yes! That's this. Uh-huh. This right here. This is math. <laughs> this is so math. So, uh, yeah, boring part of life. Or the bad parts of life. These are not the things we come to a game wanting to think about. And this leads to, to well, kind of ties to mm-hmm. the fourth one. And this is one where I actually had to make some promises to some players in some games to get them to give me the stuff was vulnerability. And let me explain vulnerability a bit, because I don't just mean a weakness, but I mean it was a weakness they didn't want to have to spend the game guarding. And so I had a guy in a game who had a wife. Mm -hmm. The wife was around. They had a perfectly functional relationship. He contacted her on a regular basis. She came up all the time in conversation. I don't remember if she actually directly appeared in the game or not. I, right. just, I just don't remember. But he asked me something in advance, which is he said, I want you to promise me something, which is if I'm going to invest a lot in her, I don't want to spend the game rescuing where, her, rescuing and, my wife. And, right. and so he said, I want you to promise me as a GM, if I'm going to put her in here, please don't turn you her know, into a plot point. There's a lot of complaint about media, movies, comic books, TV shows, especially superhero sci-fi, fancy ones or whatever, that the female characters are there not as characters, but as things to be rescued. Sure, well, as sources of motivation. Right, right. And your wife was not there as someone to be rescued or a source of motivation. She was, I mean, she's not real, so we can call her a a character accessory. She's part of your background. She's part of your history. She's something that makes your character interesting and good sure she and should but, be part of the motivation though just by existing and that did come up is refrigerated part, he was a soldier and i yeah. he wasn't some super bad he's just like a regular grunt mm-hmm. punching time clock <laughs> soldier like you do and the fact that he had a wife and kids was part of his motivation uh-huh. for enlisting in the military human species was under a very real threat and he wanted to make sure that they had a future. But I think you could swap out wife for husband, mm-hmm. brother, son, daughter, niece yeah. or nephew, beloved house, you mm-hmm. know, that's been in the family for the, 25 generations. The ancestral manse. Yeah, I mean, there's there's anything you could put in there. The fact that you have a job and can't afford to lose it. I mean, and you know, sometimes this can be a cool plot point. For example, Eddie Brock and Peter Parker, you know, where part of what led to Venom was... Peter Parker taking away a job that Eddie Brock needed. So that's the interesting thing about Spider-Man and Superman. Their heroism directly flows back to their job. They write stories about their alter egos. Or take pictures. Or take pictures, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, and I've admitted on the show before that this is probably my single biggest guilty pleasure. ABBA? No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> that might be John's There's a story there that I don't know if I should tell. I'll wait till he's on the show. But no, it is, there was a run of Power Girls, about 24 issues done 2010, 2011-ish. I don't, I don't remember the exact years. And it went through two groups of authors. There was a, a set of authors and artists that wrote the first 12 issues and then a set that did the second 12 issues. And this was prior to the new 52. The first set of 12 issues was pretty whole hog. But the second set, they actually tried to deepen her character mm-hmm. and her life and things like that. Which one? Power Girl? Power Girl, She's yeah. the one in white with the boob. Yes, okay. yes. So like I said, I'm fully admitting this is a guilty pleasure. Sure. I'm not recommending this to Shakespeare. <laughs> but the Fair point enough. being that they dealt with in that story how her trying to lead that double life, the things that she was doing as Power Girl 
And then she was trying to lean back on the company she owns. Mm -hmm. And it's not some big, like, multi-million Bruce Wayne thing. She just runs, like, a computer consulting firm. And she was trying to lean back on that. But doing that was putting enough stress on her employees Mm -hmm. because of the specific things she was doing. If you really care, go read the comics. I I won't bore you guys with a blow-by-blow of the storyline. But the things that she was doing started to put an enormous amount of stress on that. And her company basically fell apart. Mm. And there were stories or issues or, you know, whatever in there about her having to try and piece her life back together, not because of what evil Megamind had done, Mm -hmm. but because of what she had had to do leading that dual life and how she had neglected. And though unintentionally, I guess, because it was kind of in the heat of the moment, she'd actually kind of used and abused, in one case, even blackmailed her own employees, trying to get them to help her solve a bigger problem without telling them what it was. And so, you know, that became, but once again, does that work in a role-playing game beyond a single plot point? You know, but the thing I draw back to is if we find this stuff defining enough about the character to be worth telling in the backstory, to be worth developing, to be worth giving names to, to be worth describing, why is it we can't find anything in there to actually come back and say, you know what, this is a part of the game that's worth telling. This is a part of the game that's worth dealing with. There was, uh, Chad, what was that Palladium game that's actually pretty good? That this should narrow it down pretty. <laughs> dark, was it Dark Spawn or yeah, yeah whatever it was? Night Spawn. Night Spawn or yeah, whatever it was. And they changed it to Night Bane or something because there was lawsuits and whatever BS that goes on with Palladium. But we were playing a group of. Because Todd McFarlane has a copyright on the word Spawn. spawn. Yes, he needs to take yeah. that up. He, he's suing Oxford every in Canada right now. Yeah, <laughs> dictionaries on it. But anyway, the game that we were going to run was that. The group were all a bunch of college kids at the same college. Mm-hmm. And then I was actually playing a professor at yeah. the college. And we were finding out because of, I don't know, it's Miskatonic or whatever the hell's going on here, <laughs> that somehow we were actually all these hideous, horrible monsters right. that we didn't know we were and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? But the point being, the idea that you guys had classes to attend and I had classes to teach mm-hmm. and we have to time what we're doing around that, that was an intended part of that game. Hmm. Was it helped by the fact that it was shared, and so it didn't require dragging people off? Was it helped by the fact that we had at least somewhat involved the university in this backstory because the university might have a second basement library that's been forgotten for 200 years? I think you hit on it being shared because... When you look at a game like Monster Hearts, most Monster Hearts games that I've heard actual plays of are all set in high schools and have classes, but they're shared. Maybe not everyone's in the same class, but that's why I think it works is because that is a shared experience that while they are dealing with the mundane aspect of it, you're not taking certain players completely out and off the table while you're doing Well, and maybe therein lies the answer is it's not just that it's shared, but we've talked about how hard separations, hard breaks in role-playing games create issues. You go from role-playing to the map. The analogy we always use is like the screen shattering in Final Fantasy, and suddenly you're playing a different game. And I wonder if that's the problem, is we create those backstory elements. They're unique to that character. They're interesting. Maybe they even figure into the personality or a few plot points. But overall, there's a hard break between my day job, my being my character's day job, and everything else in the game. 
There's yeah. nothing that ties the two together. And Actually, I'm thinking about it, and I think that I have seen it done really well. So in our Dresden game, everybody has a job except my two characters. Both of my characters are effectively bum. I mean, one is one is a coyote. He's an animal. Animals don't get jobs. And the other one is a bum. He is completely unemployed and unemployable. And homeless. And homeless. Literally homeless. But everybody else has a job. And everybody else has a home. Pat has a store that's never open because he's never there to work it. <laughs> but he's rich and, you know... Except like, for when it's a plot point for him to be there. Right. Well, the thing is, is that Dawn's character has a job and a home. She works at a St. Louis tourist attraction called The Magic House. And Beth is a volunteer at a local homeless shelter. And Sarah started her own business as a detective. As a detective, exactly. And the thing about it that what made it work, it was dealt with in the game. There were scenes where people were working their jobs, that things were happening there because Wayne made it work. And how he made it work is that these were not checkboxes on other people's character sheets. These were locations in the world that were populated with NPCs where plot took place at. So if you go to work, there's more there than you and the angry boss. Yes. At yep. Dawn's work, the magic house, the this sort of play on it is that it is a completely mundane and unmagical place. It's, the magic house in St. Louis is about science. The plot twist in the game is that it's actually run by a coven of witches to which she is a yep. member of that coven. Mm -hmm. And the coven is employs the witches as workers in the house in the magic house teaching people science they were totally quest givers yeah and they were quest <laughs> givers and then there were stuff like when we had magical questions yeah. and stuff we would go there if we needed a safe fallback position because they put all the wards and all the crazy shit up. but see once again you're you're breaking down that line yeah of the line between the backstory and what would otherwise be the banality of her life yeah. now suddenly spills over into the game it becomes an organic part of her life and the lives of those around yeah. her. And I realize it doesn't always happen in real life. Well, and also, I have never seen where either of you two work on the inside. You've never been inside my job to the best, right. at least not my current one of the best Mark collection. So we, yes, in real life, obviously we have those separations, but, but it's it, come up before it's come up before. And mm -hmm. in a, in a role playing yeah. game, it doesn't have to be, I mean, I'm not saying it, has to be the other direction either. Yeah. But the yeah. point is that I you mean, could... I can think of a couple of things offhand now that I think about it that I mm -hmm. hadn't before. I've come to you before when I was writing a script, but I needed some web code. Yeah. And we sat down and we worked through it because you're a web developer and I was doing scripting. Yeah. Wayne was my boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how we met. He We've stepped me. away from podcasting quite a few times for on-call calls. Yep. So it is something that has come up at least around the edges. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, somebody had had that conversation with you about, well, they were going to do these NPCs, but they didn't want them to be constantly in danger. Actually, Wayne, hold on a second. I uh -huh. want to know something. All right. Yeah. Who's your superhero? We have Time, time clock. clock. Time Clock. My character's name is Gangbanger <laughs> because he's a gangbanger. Uh-huh. And then he's a person who bangs gang. He's a gangbanger. Oh, he's a punisher. Yeah, he's a punisher. Like I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's yeah. like it was like that. It was a Mark Wade character, hate crime, hate crime, yeah. where she hated crime. Hated and therefore crime. She was yeah. hate crime, hate crime. And so, so yeah. you're a gangbanger in the same way. You yeah. bang gangers, Gang. gangers. Yes. yes, but he's also a gangbanger. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So gangbanger and, and and time clocks. Time clock. So who are you, Wayne? I'm Quick Stop. 
Quick stop. Yes. I freeze time to go do whatever I'm going to do and come back so I don't have to interrupt my day job. <laughs> we never think you do anything, but everything just turns out okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and time clock has beat up. <laughs> it's dark side shows up. We have no idea what occurred. It's just time clock sitting there typing on his computer, doing spreadsheets, and all of a sudden, just like lickety split, his ass is beat, and so is Dark Side. And we have no, no idea. What, Dark what Side a- doesn't know what happened. Yeah. Time clock doesn't know what happened. And my TPS report's done. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> And then that night you wreck your gang. I know. It's like, <laughs> you killed my family. <laughs> you beat them like time clock. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can't kill anybody. That's right. I'm a Punisher guy who uses guns, yes. but I don't kill but anybody. Rubber Which bullets. actually rubber is bullets. why you and I make such a powerful duo. Yeah. Because if I actually die, uh-huh. you've lost a source of power. That's right. So if you are incapable of killing, mm-hmm. then you can only beat me right up to the point of death, which yeah. means you've gotten maximum punches possible out of the time clock. And so yeah. you are just suddenly like, you know, this time clock cracking isn't invincible and he doesn't like right, heal no. or from no, the wounds no, or anything. No, no, yeah, no. no. It's, <laughs> he, has, he gets no benefit whatsoever from getting no, punched. He None. has a budget of power to give out. Yes. Once he's over budget, <laughs> yeah. there's no yeah. more punch yeah, in the time no clock. <laughs> it's like when we... End of the year, that's the perfect time for an evil to strike. <laughs> exactly. Every fiscal quarter, I get a stack of D6s. And if you punch me, I just explode like a pinata, and those D6s yep. come out. And you better gather them up. Because, yeah, if you were seen in the fiscal quarter, and Time Clock, his, his master, like his sensei, mm-hmm. was a guy named Cost Center. And if Cost Center can't provide any more D6s right. to Time Clock, then, yeah, you're, you're oh, just done. You're and the out. worst thing about poor Time Clock is when that fiscal quarter is ready to end, if you've still got those dice left to give out, everyone is beating you up because yeah. if those aren't you, spent, you, you, you don't get a disadvantage. Back. Yeah, you lose any leftover dice, and I might even get less next yeah. order. Exactly yeah. because apparently I didn't need them. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, it is hella hard to track because have you ever tried to follow a four four five calendar? <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> he was not. I'm not going to explain the joke. What's the old thing about explaining jokes like dissecting a frog? Yeah, the great thing you is, understand how they work. If it's a holiday and game, and you punch time clock, you get double the power. That's right. That's right. Or if it's after hours, but time clock during holidays and stuff, time clock's like, oh, I don't know if you can punch me. I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that. You, no, you, you better go to the cost center first. <laughs> that's right. No, it's not a sensei. That's the institute I'm from. That's right. The, the so you, you better go to the cost center first. Yeah, and get clearance if you want to punch me on a night weekend or holiday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Federal bank. <laughs> it, man, that's why I don't work for the government. If I work yeah. for the government, oh, we'd never be able to. Punch no, you. you'd never yeah. be able to punch me. Gracious, <laughs> it'd be. That's also why the character can't be Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> too many holidays you couldn't punch me friday night to saturday night all right so uh right we do a podcast so <laughs> no we're making an awesome game <laughs> we're not gonna top that no we're not gonna top that so i think that maybe we'll go ahead and end this one because i could use a somewhat short episode because once again just like the rest of you guys we are in the middle of the holidays mm-hmm. and we're also now apparently in the middle of a body of water <laughs> uh, which it's receding it is receding well i don't know it is they've said i think the rivers are supposed to crest thursday right. but the smaller bodies of water like the creek in my backyard have already receded 
So I don't know what's going to happen here. They're saying some of it could get worse, but some of it, some of it is already getting better. So we're certainly thankful for that. If you're in the area, please be careful. It does bear repeating because unfortunately five people here were just killed mm-hmm. because somebody decided that their vehicle is big and bad enough to go through a bunch of water on the road and all five people in the vehicle were killed. Mm-hmm. There is a saying going around, turn around, don't drown. Please, if you're either in this area or find yourself in an area like that at some point, you don't know how deep that water goes. You don't know what happens if the water floods your engine and kills it. You don't know what your vehicle's capable of. Please don't be doing that. So, Like the water, this episode hit its high point and then went down. Yeah. yeah. Way to bring us down, Dan. Sorry, but <laughs> if there's somebody who's here to hear the next episode if you're the boot after this one because they heard my voice my little jiminy cricket voice (laughs) nagging them to turn their car around rather than drown their family i'll take that i'll take an initial on a low point so anyway battletech contest still going on get out there vote for the people that are going to win those dice and we'll see maybe if there's enough left over we can give chad his own set back (laughs) and beyond that have a great week and great games have a great new year's and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Watch out. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2015. Listeners are free to use this show in any non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the Pulp Gamer Media Network of Shows. You can find other great shows in this network at pulpgamer.com.